0: This is Real Sex with Dr. Noel.
1: I'm Dr. Noel Pomeroy, a clinical sexologist and licensed mental health counselor. I'm going to be talking to guests about sex scenes from movies and television that they find the most memorable. Maybe it's because them it caused them to have a personal epiphany, or. It could be a scene they've watched many, many times for personal research. Or it could be the first time they've ever seen a single thing about sex. Let's find out. My guest today is someone who has a awesome professional reputation, is a delightful woman that I have worked with professionally. We've hung out personally. She just brings a light into the room. And man, does she know what she's talking about when it comes to the stuff we're gonna be talking about today. Dr. Sarah Sohn. Hello, Sarah.
0: Hi, thank you so much. That was such a sweet intro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you're um, a pelvic floor physical therapist and the name of your practice is Confident Pelvic Rehab. I love what that stands for. You said it's-
0: CPR for your private. I was very proud of that name, but um, really <laughs> <laughs> helping people to feel confident about their private parts, um, helping people with intimate problems with so things like if they're peeing their pants or having pain during sex. So it's um I love my profession and it's really great to be here
1: yeah that's really awesome because I think so many women when they start to have bladder leakage at some point in their life they think oh wow it's either I always wear pads or I get surgery and there's nothing in between and you're telling me that there is something in between
0: yeah it's uh, it's really interesting that we jump to surgery when it comes to those areas when if you had an injury anywhere else you would, probably go to physical therapy. So there are so many things that you can do to prevent incontinence or if it's hurting during sex, sometimes it's just really knowing what's normal, right? Like we talk to people about what's normal all day, but sometimes just hearing about what, you know, oh yeah, you know, not everybody is having that problem. It helps to just know that there's people that can help you with them. And I'm
1: really excited about the scenes that you've brought with us today. You, uh, I think, are looking at this in a uh, with a different pair of eyes than a lot of my guests so i'm just thrilled let's start off with uh the first one it's a show that airs on the cw i had never heard of it it's called in the dark been on tv since about 2019 it's still airing
0: and tell me uh, about the scene and what made you bring it in today so it's probably the most recent scene that i've seen that was really hot to me um so In the Dark is about a woman who is blind and she is feisty um, and they get into trouble with some drug related things, but like trying to, to, um, they somehow just like end up, she's trying to, to save somebody to find out what happened to her friend and in doing that ends up uh, somehow, you know, in the drug scene selling things. Um, and throughout that process they're running from somebody that's really scary and she's in a fight with her uh with her boyfriend and they're running um you like you know in the woods there's like some fear components there and then they get to this cabin and they're in the cabin and they're fighting so she's she tends to be somebody that has a lot of anonymous sex a lot of um she doesn't put a lot of emotions behind sex and uses sex as a barrier with people but she's this person's really different like this person is somebody that she really is into And she's being stubborn and not wanting to, to connect with him. So he's in the shower and she is just really smitten by him. You can tell that she wants to be with him, even though she's mad at him. And so, you know, she's this really attractive person to begin with, but she starts to masturbate and he like comes out of the shower and finds her. So it's that like secret. Being found component mixed with the feisty feisty drive that this person has, I think, is just really hot to me.
1: She seems to be in the room, maybe right next door to where he's showering, because she seems to almost be listening to him shower through the wall, which I would assume, because of her visual impairment, she probably has excellent hearing or has really honed her hearing over more than someone that's sighted might.
0: Yeah, I love that thought, you know, it's actually not something I thought of, but she's actually like leaning against the wall, listening to the, the water, the sound of the water as he's taking a shower. So that makes a lot of sense to me. It's actually not something I thought of. And, you know, when I was watching it,
1: I think she got caught intentionally because I've stayed in a cabin or two in my lifetime. And I think if someone just moves a fraction of an inch, everyone in the entire cabin can hear it. And I have <laughs> yeah. average to probably below average hearing. This is a woman who has really tuned in hearing skills and he walks a room over in a cabin and, and she, I think she knows she was gonna get caught. She knew he was on his way.
0: I think so too. I think that's her way of wanting to connect with him and wanting to forgive him, but not knowing how to have the words. Um, I think that that's how she has learned to connect with people in the show yes it's through be, just being physical so he walks in and I think a
1: lot of times depending on the dynamics someone might go oh I'm sorry I just walked in on you you know yeah. going to town on yourself <laughs> but he kind of says I thought you didn't like me can mm-hmm. I help you can I help you out there or can I help you finish off or something like that
0: yeah. I'm pretty sure he's just like, can I help you finish that? And just that line was super hot to me. it was like not a lot of talking. It was just like, there was a, a level of consent. Like, can I help you with that? But, um, in a very sexy way yes. that I loved.
1: It was, it was a hot scene and I really liked that he, yeah, he did imply there was a, a request for consent and she didn't necessarily verbally respond, but I think she, she was kind of crouching on the floor and she got up towards him so that was sort of an unsaid consent that was pretty clear Mm -hmm. yeah the masturbating and then having someone walk in on you I feel like there can be some slippery slope with that because if you walk in on someone and they're like ah I
0: wouldn't say can I help you out with that
1: (laughs) if they're completely freaking out
0: (laughs) Well, I think if you, you know, when you know these two characters, that's mm-hmm. very fitting for them. They have a big, like, they have a long, like, sexual history or at least what it feels like in a TV show long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think for me, it's uh, the confidence that comes with knowing that somebody's going to walk in on you. Yes. To have that level of confidence is, you know, for me, that's always been a very private thing. And uh, I just think that level of confidence is sexy.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And one of the things I do also like about this masturbation scene is that she is standing and she unbuckles her jeans and just has kind of access through her jeans there. I feel like sometimes masturbation in television and movies, specifically movies is, there always has to be lots of equipment involved and lots of room to move around when that's not necessarily how a woman's body needs to work.
0: Yeah, and also they show her standing you know and then like on a wall usually when you see a woman masturbating it's always in a bed they're always laying down and nothing is able to be seen all you see is their like automatic oh face that I guess every single person makes after 10 seconds of touching themselves in a movie but they were more realistic of she was just had a very stoic face um and I just think that shows a little bit more realistic of, of what it looks like when someone's masturbating. Oh, that's funny you say that
1: because I feel like when women masturbate on TV and movies, it's they're laying in the bed. Sometimes they're on the phone. Sometimes they're just thinking of something and then they itsy bitsy spider down their body, into their, <laughs> yeah. you know, into, you, into their underwear. And then they're like, oh, they make this face
0: every mm-hmm. time.
1: So that this was much different than that. And I really appreciate that now that you point that out.
0: And I like that she was doing that just knowing her character, at least in my mind, they show her throughout the this, this season having a sexual being a sexual being for herself because that's something that that is part of her, um, not always for the other person. And so I feel like she would have been content sexually, whether or not it progressed to being with another person. And I like that about her, too and um, she was like I just have a sexual need that has to be met and they don't I feel like movies and shows don't always show that part of a female it's like just that we could be sexual beings too that have sexual needs that want to be met um, in a primal way. Sure if we were talking exclusively in the
1: context of a heterosexual relationship do you think this dynamic could play out or would play out if the man was masturbating in a room and a woman walked in and that's would a really say, good question. Can I help you with that? I don't
0: think, I don't know if I would have brought it up as one of my favorite scenes, but I... <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good question. You know, I think that we do see that a lot in in films and in shows. It might not just necessarily be masturbating, but being caught, you know, watching something sexy or, you know, I. I think that in the other way, that is shown a lot.
1: It's shown as comedic. It's either someone's caught and it's, oh, yeah. ha, 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 they were jerking off, ha, 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 or it's they're being super creepy. That Those are usually mm. the contexts of those in movies, I feel like, when it's the guy.
0: That's a good point. Um, I haven't, I actually hadn't thought of that, and that's a really good point. It really is shown as a creepy thing or, um, or a perverted thing yeah. yeah that's a good point it
1: would be interesting to find it maybe in uh, more of a a show that was exhibiting like a gay male relationship i could see maybe them figuring out a way to make that work but in the dynamic of uh, a straight relationship i would uh be surprised if such a thing existed and they played it off for sexy
0: Yeah, now I kind of want to like explore that. I'm going to go on a hunt looking for a scene like that.
1: (laughs) Be careful what you Google.
0: Oh yeah, just even Googling these shows, trying to find the exact episode was interesting.
1: Yeah, since the show's (laughs) called In the Dark, I was Googling In the Dark Masturbation Scene. I was like,
0: whoa, Google results. (laughs) We were both doing the same thing and I was like, yeah, this is not exactly what I was looking for. So the second scene
1: that you brought to us today is from the 2002 movie 40 Days and 40 Nights with Josh Hartnett and Shannon Soseman. Tell me what it is about this scene that made you bring it in today.
0: For me, my age group was one of the first like sexual scenes that I had seen in a movie that I, you know, at a time where I didn't really understand sex to begin with, but it made a lot of sense to me that this person was, having a sexual experience, even though nobody was touching them. And then when I reflect on it now, I feel like that's a difficult concept for for most people. Some, somehow throughout my life, that became more challenging, something I had to, to work towards. You know, this concept that you can have a really great sexual experience with somebody that isn't touching you. So in the scene, or in the, the movie is not the, that great of a movie, in my opinion, but he is, Spending 40 days and 40 nights where he isn't going, he's abstinent from sex because in the movie sex has taken over his life. Um, they allude to maybe some sex addiction and things like that. And so he's decided that he's not gonna have sex for 40 days and 40 nights, but they make fun of this idea that everything is turning him on around him. But it gives him this space and this opportunity to connect with someone sexually, like to it's in a way that isn't. Um, touching that person and so it's really interesting to me because it redefines sex when you think about it you know they're not Mm -hmm. touching but is it still sex if you're not touching this person right the whole movie kind of kind of has that question behind it
1: so Josh Hartner plays a character named Matt and he throughout the movie meets Erica played by Shannon Soseman and they have a connection so the scene we're talking about they are together and she says, well, we can connect, but we don't have to touch each other. So she Mm -hmm. gets out a sprig of orchid from a pot that she has nearby and gives him one and they start to touch each other's bodies with just the orchid. And it's the whole idea that, of those of us that work in sexual health, we tell people that the skin is the largest sex organ in the body and from that perspective, the scene really emphasizes how much pleasure there is to just be touched very simply by something like a flower or an orchid.
0: Yeah. And he just like gently blows the flower petal like on her body and the imagery of that the camera captures of of that sensual anticipation experience. um, like built that buildup is really hot. (laughs) Um, And and that, you know, just softly like blowing like the air and then the flower petal, you know, they allude that it's that it goes like underneath her pants and it's just like near her genital area, but um, without being overtly like, like, uh, we're gonna, you know, put this flower right here and rub it back and forth and something like that. It's all very sensual and very, very anticipatory.
1: Yes. And there's two things about the scene that I think are BS, even though it is hot.
0: The first one is
1: the music they're playing is horrendous. It needed to be like just instrumental and it's got some horrible 90s synth, like, I want to touch you. And it's just sort of, okay, barf. And that's not what it says, but that's essentially how bad it is. And the other thing that's BS in this scene is that she has an orchid plant in her apartment and it's still alive. Those <laughs> orchid plants are so beautiful. And I see them in the store and I buy one and I take it home and it dies. And then I go back to the store six months later and I see those orchid plants and I think I'm gonna buy one. And then I hear the ghost of all the previous orchid plants saying, no, Noel,
0: you're just gonna kill it like you kill all the others.
1: And then I say, okay, I won't. But then I buy it and then I kill it. Have you ever bought an I, can plan? <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely
0: relate to that. It definitely relates that whenever I'm buying a plan, I'm like, Is, am I taking it to its funeral, Sarah? Like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this scene kind of emphasizes something I spend a lot of time working with clients on who are having trouble connecting sexually or intimately with their partners. A lot of people, after they haven't had sex or intimacy for a very long time, be, for a variety of reasons, will want to go right to intercourse and say, mm-hmm. well, we haven't touched each other in two and a half years, but we want to have intercourse now. Look, slow your roll. There's things in between. And oftentimes the prescription for that is to start touching each other, not even necessarily, it doesn't have to be sexually, but sensually, to become re-familiar with the concept of what it's like for your partner to touch you, what it's like to touch your partner, and to just enjoy that without necessarily climax being the goal.
0: 100%. I And I love that in the movie. And you know, I actually remember a family member, when we were watching the movie, be like, that's not possible. It's not possible to, you know, just really wanting to say out loud but it wasn't possible to have a gratifying sexual experience by a, with a flower petal but you know humans are erotic intelligent creatures you know we're the we're able to have very erotic experiences just by thinking about erotic experiences and so um, that form of connection is is when you ask somebody about their best sexual experiences that's usually what they're describing is the way that that person made them feel or Um, that erotic connection that they had more so than the the physical component.
1: And I believe, like they show in the scene, that it is 100% possible for many men and many women to have um, orgasmic climax uh, without actually having any sort of direct stimulation to their genitals. It could take a while and it would take a, a fair amount of trust and relaxation, but it definitely can happen.
0: I know many people that have had that experience. I'm not one of them, but, I was, but I'm open to the challenge. I keep working on it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, keep us updated. We're very curious. I have to
0: keep watching these movies, get new ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so the last scene you
1: brought to us is from a relatively popular show that airs on Showtime since
0: 2016, Billions. So in the scene, uh, Maggie Siff playing Wendy, is laying in bed when she gets a phone call, and her husband, who is a really powerful district attorney, played by Paul Giamatti, um, he calls her, and he's just, you know, is is really stressed, and he's like, "I need you." So his character's name is Chuck, and he's outside of a like a BDSM kink club, and so he is asking her for permission because they have a dynamic within their relationship to enter this club. And as he's entering the club, she's telling him what to do. She's asking what it looks like there. She's telling him to get on his knees um, and really controlling his movements. And they show her start to masturbate, but in the very uh, way we were describing before the slow twinkle of the fingers down the mm-hmm. belly. Uh, yeah. Yeah thing. but what's really hot to me more than this scene itself is the character of wendy and the, the relationship that they have
1: because she's the more
0: dominant and he is the
1: submissive in their sexual dynamic right
0: yes yeah, so she's a psychiatrist and a uh within a in a billionaire's like business so she's like one of those surrounded by billionaires and powerful men and even her husband is a district attorney so a very very powerful man but she understands the the dynamics that can exist within a sexual relationship to have to to that doesn't define who you are all the time and so you, you know earlier like in season 1 there's a scene in which they're playing and she's in a dominatrix outfit and they're, they're they are um being really intimate and she can tell he's not into it and then they kind of just stop and go back to domestic activities and talk about like you know chores that need to be done over the weekend and i just love that kind of portrayal in a, in a tv show
1: yes that they're very normal people and that mm-hmm. this is something that from time to time they have a scene where all this intimacy and and sexual energy can be expressed and then they go back to their normal life
0: yeah, they don't show them as the, like, that's not what defines them. It's not like this show is about a dominatrix and a masochist submissive male. The show is about power in general and a billionaires and, you know, and wealth, right? So uh, that's just showing one form of power in a sexual way that um, I just loved every part of it.
1: <laughs> so there is a part in the scene where he goes into the club and he's observing um, another woman being dominant over another person and he's turned on by it and then Wendy's sort of talking to him on the phone about what he's seeing and something kind of struck me she tells him to get down on his hands and knees and his reaction is kind of similar to the one I had because I thought "Ew, you know how dirty that floor probably is because he has a reaction and she says do it and so he does it and you you can tell by the way he's expressing it that he objected, but in a way that when he gave in, it, it turned him on. He said, I'm doing something I don't like to be doing. And I find in my clients that I work with that are searching for the BDSM or the dominant submissive part of their relationship and trying to figure out how it works for them, they have to figure out when I don't like something, when is it I don't like it and I don't wanna do it flat out, end of story? Or when is it something that I can be pushed to do and my resistance to it is actually, uh, when I'm pushed to do it is something that's hot. Mm -hmm. And I think I've seen quite a few people need to work through that because it is different for every single person.
0: Yeah, especially when you go into that humiliation uh, play that people enjoy, because that's very humiliating to be um, on your hands and knees in a dirty on a dirty floor. Um, so that so that form of humiliation that people enjoy, that's like consensual, is what parts you know what parts of it that you can enjoy, and I think it it comes down to being in that headspace. You know, there was a lot of he called her, and it was a very immediate. It, that each other knew they were in that headspace and that that was the game that they were playing at that time. And so I think that the things that you're, that that part of you would enjoy sexually is very different than when your other part of your brain, that's the district attorney, would think about doing something like that, you know? And one
1: thing, <laughs> I don't know if they've shown this in a previous episode where the two of them were expressing their sexual dynamic in a scene. But someone who was responsibly partaking in this kind of behavior would definitely have an out phrase or a safe word. Where if she had said "get down on all fours, he would have said like "rutabaga," and she yeah. Say, they okay. actually
0: show that several times throughout the show, wonderful, um, which I love. Yeah. So, so what I was talking about earlier was in season one. She checked in with him, and he was like, "Yeah, no, I'm not. In, I'm not in the right head space." So they've showed check-ins, and they also showed like times where he was just like, "No." I'm not, I, I you know he called. Uh, I don't remember what his word was, or if he said red. No, he definitely called red. It was when he was um, there was a co-topping scene with a paid um, uh, somebody that had taught Wendy some some different BDSM uh dominatrix tricks, and they were you know topping him together, and there was a scene where she said red. Okay, I like that they showed that because mm-hmm.
1: that's a very important yeah. part of all sexual relationships.
0: I love that the show shows a really, it's a really messy relationship in terms of they're actually going, they go through a divorce, I think in that, in that, or they're, they're separating, you know, that like they're really struggling in their relationship, but they show a human relationship. They actually show the sexual part of the relationship in a very healthy way, um, even though they're not perfect people and they're not it having a perfect, you know, they're arguing and, and have um, hurt each other's trust in some ways, but. They work through that um, together throughout the shows in a healthy way, and I just love that they're showing human.
1: <laughs> it's very rare in film and TV to show a woman that takes a dominant role sexually that isn't also nuts. In yeah, or, the rest of or the film. a complete
0: bitch, and she's not absolutely. She actually plays a very empathetic character that helps people, um, and. And he, if anything, plays a bitchy character. I don't know if, that, if that's the right word to use. Sure, that, she's probably uh, the most likable yeah. person
1: on the show in the episodes I've seen.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, he plays somebody that would be more likely to do something that would be for power, that was a backstabbing of some capacity. You know, and mm-hmm. that's what I meant by the use of that word. But um, so you can see throughout the show that she she more of likes to play with power and understand power more than a pain as much for herself. Mm-hmm. So Dr.
1: Sarah, thank you so much for being on here today and talking to me about these awesome scenes. So if someone wants to find you, learn more about you, what do you want to
0: plug? Sure. Uh, you can find me at confidencepelvicrehab.com or I have a Facebook group on that's all about for people that have, have or have had pelvic floor muscle dysfunction that want to reconnect to their sexuality. It's called Better Sex by Sarah, and that's spelled S-A-R-A. Um, so you can find me in either of those places. Better Sex by Sarah. All right. Yes. I, on Facebook. I love it.
1: <laughs> yep, on so Facebook. if the you Facebook have group. any ideas for the podcast of scenes that you'd like to hear us talk about, or you want to check us out on social media, you can do that at real sex pod, R E E L sex pod. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're not cool enough. or young enough to be on TikTok or Snapchat. Sorry. We're just not. Or you can always email us at real sex at gmail.com. Dr. Sarah Sohn, thanks for joining us.
0: This is so lovely. Thank you for having me. This has been another episode of Real Sex with Dr. Noel. Feel free to turn up the lights. Or not.